We are, we are in the series Eternity. How many of you have been blessed by this series? Okay, and the, the first message was life is short, <coughs> but eternity will be very long, and you better prepare for it. The second message was store up treasures in heaven. <coughs> I told you, when we reach eternity, we have to give one account how we have loved God and how we have loved people during this time here on earth. And I said also, the way you store up treasure in heaven is by investing and getting people there. Are you investing in heaven? Or are you investing here? And today's message is evangelist in hell. <laughs> you are going to understand later. Today's message is evangelist in hell. I have been serving the Lord for 39 years. I was just only 18 years old when I had one encounter with the Lord. And my life was transformed. And this is why I'm here today. And after these 39 years serving the Lord, more than 22 years as a pastor, or 23 years as a pastor, and missionary, I came to one conclusion. Do you know the conclusion I came with? Those who do not think, are you with me? Yes. Please, as I prayed, avoid distraction, okay? Avoid distraction. But what I have, I came to the conclusion that those who don't think about eternity, they live a selfish life because they don't think about eternity. This, the people who don't think about eternity, they don't preach the gospel to others. They do not give value to, to church and also to the teachings in the church. This is my conclusions. These people, they don't have a prayer life. They do not love the lost. They don't mind about those who are going to hell. And also they do not invest their time in the kingdom of God. Their time is just for them, for their pleasure. This is what the conclusion that I, after 39 years serving the Lord. And I am here today to talk to two types of, of people. Because there are at least two at least two types of people who are listening to me here in this audience and even on the internet. Those who have never had one encounter with Christ and are not yet born again. Maybe this is, is your case. And, and then there are those people who have been in church 
for many years. But they live selfish life. And also they may be in danger when they enter eternity. You can be in, in, in church for many years, but be in danger when you after death. And I want to say to you that hell is a reality. And because of that, those who are saved have to warn and help those who are lost. And those who are lost and departing to eternity without salvation. The Bible says that we are, we all are eternal. Did you know that you will never end? You will spend a few short years on earth and eternity somewhere else. Did you know that nobody in the scripture, in this book, talked more about hell than Jesus? No one spoke more than hell than Jesus. The most loving man that has been on earth, he was the one who spoke a lot about hell. I don't like to talk about hell. I don't like. And there are many pastors and the leaders, they don't talk about hell. But if I am a minister of the gospel, I cannot lie to you. Paul the apostle said, speak the word, speak the truth. And I cannot lie to you. If I am a minister of the gospel, I have to warn you. If you know that there is some danger on, on, on a corner, and you know that there, someone can go to that place and be dead, or he can crash his car, you have to warn them, isn't it? You have to say, please don't come to this direction. You have to say to them. You cannot say, go, go. I don't mind. If you do that, sorry, you have no good heart. And I want you to read one true story in the Bible. And there is this story that Jesus told about eternity and hell. Jesus spoke. And this is not one parable. Okay? Jesus told many parables that wasn't, it was just illustration. But this is not the, a parable that we're going to read now. This is a true story. Why do I know? Because there is a name. Someone died, passed away, and his name was Lazarus, another man. And both take wrong directions or different directions. And now we are going to read Luke 16. Luke 16, 19 to 31. I ask you, please be connected to me 
Help the Holy Spirit. And listen from him right now. And I want you to start to read from verse 19. And you can follow me on the screen, please. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring, desiring to be fed with the crumbles which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the, do the dogs came and licked his sores, so it was that the beggar died. Here, the first fact, the beggar died, or Lazarus. And he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, Hades is the Greek word for hell. And being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus, evil things, but he now is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. So that those who want to pass from here to you cannot. Nor can those from here, from there, pass to us. 27. Then he said, look what he said. I beg you, therefore, Father, that you send him to my father's house. Now he became one evangelist. He became one evangelist in hell. Word to preach. 28. For I have five brothers on earth. And he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, hmm, They have Moses and the prophet. Let them hear them. In the earth, there, there is you, you, Eric, Pastor Mars. 
They have to listen then. And he said, no, Father Abraham, if, if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. If someone from here goes there, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear, Pastor Marcio and the prophets that are there, or Moses and the prophets, neither they will be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Until here. I'm, I'm here first to say that God wants everyone to be saved. Did you know that? God wants everyone to be saved. The Bible says that the Lord doesn't want anyone to go to hell. This is the will of God. Hell is a real place. It's a real place. It's not fair, fairy tale. But God loved you so much that he came up with a way to save you from there. Can you say amen? amen. He, he prepared a way. And there is just one, uh, one way. And he said, Jesus, I am the way. There is no other way of salvation. Only through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that hell was not made for man. But was prepared for the devil and his angels. Matthew 25, 41. And in this story where Jesus spoke about eternity. It indicates that that man did not have a second chance. Okay? No one will have a second chance. No one. Also, it indicates another thing. It indicates that this man, in hell, he became one evangelist. On earth... He didn't give attention on the things of God. On earth, he only was enjoying life. On earth, he was not evangelist. But in hell, he wanted to reach his brother that was here. Think of it. Here, he ignored all the teachings. But there said, oh, no, I want you to save more people. I want you to save my family. I want you to save my parents. I want you to save my relatives because they are there. He was in hell and he wanted his brother to be reached by somebody. To go to his home and to warn his brother not to come there. To serve God. And he was there like one evangelist and say, you have to serve God. And warning those who are here, he was worried. Because he wants them to be saved. He became one evangelist in hell. But we have to become evangelist right now. Amen. 
those people that have gone into eternity, maybe they are in hell right now. If they could come back to earth, do you know that what they would say to you? Those who are in hell today, if they could come back standing here, do you know what he wants to say to you? They would warn you, and they would say to you, turn away from your sinful life. Turn away from this way that you are living. Receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Be sure about your relationship with God. Preach the gospel. Make disciples. Use your time wisely. Don't be lazy. But use your time for God. Because I, I am in hell. And this, I think, it's the words that he's going to say. Don't come to this place where I am. The book of Amos, chapter 4, verse 12, says, let's read all together. Prepare to meet your God in judgment. Prepare. You know that we prepare for everything. We are. We prepare for everything except for death. We prepare for everything. You prepare for education. You, you prepare for your business. You prepare for your career. You prepare for your marriage. Isn't it? You prepare for your old age. There are many people they are paying some money. When they for their retirement. But not for the moment of the judgment. We are preparing for many things. But not for the moment when we meet to the Lord. Hebrews 9.27 says, We have one appointment. You are not going to miss out this appointment. As it is appointed to men to die once. But after this, the judgment. This is what I said to you. No second chance. And I am here not accusing you. But as when you see something that's not okay on, on a road... And you, if you see that there is some danger ahead, you have to say to everybody, don't go to that direction. If you go to that direction, you're going to die. And you have to say, not because you hate people. It's because you love people. And this is why I'm teaching you every Sunday. I'm saying, please, Give yourself to the Lord. Ser serve the Lord faithfully. Invest in the kingdom of God. Because one day you will be before him. And you are going to regret. And you are going to repent. And say, Lord, how silly I was. 
Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Brothers, our sins has a salary. And one day, when do you work? For the whole week, what, what happens at the end of the week? Huh? You get your wage. Hmm. Yeah, but this one's not going to be nice. <laughs> For the ages of sin is death. No one will escape the law of death. No one will escape. You will also die. You have a body that is earthly. And you have a soul that is immortal. You, are, you have a body. And if, the, if you are deaf, the body will go to the grave in the dust and you will be undone. But you have a soul. And your soul will go to eternity. This is what the Bible says and what is going to happen. And if God saved you from the awful judgment you deserve, have you, have you given your life to Jesus? Are you serving to the Lord? If, if God saved you from the awful judgment that you deserve, now you belong to him and he counts on you to save others. Can you say amen? You have been bought with a price, the Bible says. The precious blood of Jesus. And you are under divine orders. Why we are here in, in church today? Why we are in church? Why we, we, we belong to this family? Why? Why we have our cell groups? Our small groups that we are Every week gathered together as a family. Why? My dear ones, this is what these small groups, our cells, are for. I am, I am here to preach to you. This is what I'm here to do. To preach. You receive the word. You are blessed here in the church. You are saved. You are healed. As Luciano said here, he testified that he was healed. But in the small group that is the church, that was designed to do more and to give and share with others what you received here. What you are receiving here, the Lord is giving you. Then you have to go and to give and share with others. I can't go to your job. Did you know? Do you agree with me? I can't go to your job. I can't go to your school. I can't go to your neighborhood. And to your family and relatives. But you have been saved, blessed, and healing the church to go and bring the word of salvation to them. Can you say amen? You are saved to bring this word of salvation to them. Our small groups. And this is why we are church. I, I spoke last week. 
That church is not when we are gathered here. When we are gathered here to worship the Lord together. This is powerful. Then you receive the word. But now it's your turn to be church outside this building. And these small groups are designed for you to take the word that you receive and to penetrate where I can't. Did you get? This is the way the church is supposed to work. If you belong to this, this church, I, so I am pleading with you. The eternal destination of the lost is in our hands. The eternal destination of the lost, your neighbor, your co-worker, the people who stood with you, who, who is beside you, your, is in our hands. And you are saved to reach out to the lost. And we are not here to entertain people or to live for ourselves. We must go together and to do church the way that Jesus intended. Can you say amen? And also, if you belong to this church, you have to be part of these small groups. Because in our small group, we know each other. We love each other. And we take the word of God that was preached and share with other, other hearts. This is what's happening. And please live in community and be connected to a small group because this is our church. The heart of Shalom Christian Fellowship is the cell groups. I spoke a lot last week and I am trying to show you why we are church. Cell meeting is not a program of our church. Cell meetings are not one event in our church. Cell meetings are the church. Could you say that? Cell meetings are the church. They are our church. The Bible calls the church the body of Christ. Okay? The Bible says the church is the body of Christ. And, and a body is made of individual cells. Within the body of Christ, the cells are the small groups. If the cells in your body are healthy, and did you know that you have many cells in your body? Did you know that? You have many cells in your body. As the Bible says that the body of Christ has many cells and also your body has many cells. And also if the cells of your body are sick, you are in trouble. If the cells of your body are healthy, your body is healthy. If your cells are sick, your body is sick. If our church has healthy cells, we are going to be like the primitive church. 
if we have healthy cells and people who take part on it. Because even when the apostles were murdered, I think you, you remember what happened with the primitive church. They were under persecution. The apostles and the leaders of the church were murdered. And the church was under persecution. But the church kept growing and saving the lost. Can you imagine? <laughs> Today we have no persecution. And we are not doing what they did under persecution. Can you imagine you, your leaders being murdered? And then the church never stops. Why the church didn't stop? Because the people, the small groups are the church. Then they didn't need one leader. Because the church kept growing. And the fastest growth of the church was under persecution. And when they lost their leaders. Why? Because the church is the small group. Many churches... Many churches, it has become all about the weekend or Sunday service. But we do not believe that. Because in the beginning of the church, there were no week weekend church. If you read the church history, the church had no building. Yet that the fastest period of growth of the church was in that time. I told you that in the primitive church, when they started after Jesus' death, they were how, how many people? 120. Under persecution. In the first day of the church, after, after Peter preaching, 3,000 people. Can you imagine? We, we are 100 people. Then... The another day, 3,000. Where we are going to put all these people? Of course, they didn't have temples. They usually to, to gather, to worship in, in the court's temple, the Bible says. They used to be at the courts and house to house. Because they do not, didn't have a temple as we have this one to meet. They had a big meeting. In the temple courts, in a small meeting, large group to worship, and a small group to fellowship. That's the way God wants the church, our our church, to grow. Amen. We should not just preach the message of the Bible, but we must also use the method of the Bible. Okay. Jesus calling someone. <laughs> Many churches, they have the message of the Bible, but they don't practice the method of the Bible. They have the message, but not the method. The method of the Bible is temple courts, big meeting for worship, and house to house, small meeting for fellowship. 
You don't need to be, we don't need to be, to have many things to be a church. We don't need much to be church. All we need to have a church is love. Did you know that? The only thing we need to be a church is love. Love only happens when we have a manageable number of people. This is when love happens. Small groups are better. Do you know many times you enter here? Do you know many times you enter here, I cannot talk to you? Have you seen that? I have no time to talk to you. Many of you, I even didn't greet, greet you. I try in the beginning of the service to say, hi, how are you? Quick, hi, how are you? But it's impossible. And then it will be more impossible in the future. Why? Because you're going to have more and more people, hundreds and thousands of people. It's going to be impossible to say hi to everybody. Did you know we cannot, we cannot love crowd? I cannot love crowd. I can, I can love just few people. I can show love just to few people, not crowd. Love only happens when you have a man, manageable number of people, small groups. Small group is not a program of the church. It is the church. A small group is the church. Only in a small group we can obey the Bible. We can obey the Bible only in a small group. Obey totally. I'm, I mean, I can only obey totally the Bible in a, a very small group. Did you know, just in the New Testament, the phrase one another is used 58 times? Did you know that? This phrase. One another is used just in the, in the New Testament 58 times. And, what, and the Bible says, love one another, care for one another, pray for one another, encourage one another. This is Bible verse, okay? I, I have no time to, to quote them to you. Encourage one another. Greet one another. Serve one another. Share with one another. Build up one another. Forgive one another. Teach one another. Comfort one another. Encourage one another. And one and one build up one another. Exhort one another. Huh. How can you fulfill that? Here. It's impossible. How can I forgive you that I don't, I'm not near to you? <laughs> you for me to fulfill the Bible, for example, Monica, for, for me to forgive Monica, Monica have to hurt me, to sin against me. But how can she sin against me if, I don't, if we don't live together? Do you know who I have to forgive a lot? 
my wife? Yeah. Why? Because we, we can manifest love in a small group, my blood brother. Here in the church, it's easy to say, I love you all. <laughs> I want to see you in a small group, sitting against the other. And hurt. It's hard. But there, you are going to put the Bible in practice. Loving, encouraging, giving courage to one another, forgiving one another, helping one another, building up, pray for one another. How can I pray for 100 people? It's impossible. But can you pray for three, four, five people? Can you pray for three, four, five people? Can you forgive three, four, five people? Yeah. And some people say, I'm not going to the small group because I was hurt there. No one loved me there. This is why you need to go there. Because you need to be healed. You have a heart that needs healing. And this is why look to the person next to you and say, if you're not going to the cell meet, you have to go. Because you need, you need healing. Say to her, you need to be healed. Yeah, you need to be healed. You need to be loved. You need to be loved. You need to be cared. Beloved brothers, comes back. Okay, thank you for your help preaching. Because sometimes our, our pastor cannot reach others, and you are, you are helping me to preach. You are getting my message and preaching to others. Amen? There are 58 one another of mutual ministry of the body of Christ, and that cannot take place in the crowd. Cannot take place here. I always teach, if someone is not part of the cell meeting, they are not part of Shalom Christian Fellowship. Yeah, if you are not part. You, you have to be part. If all we have is the Sunday service, we have no church, no fellowship, and no congregation. We cannot obey the Bible on one another in Sunday service. Did you get we cannot obey the Bible in Sunday service. It's good. We are going to worship out the Lord together. This is wonderful. But you cannot obey the Bible only on Sundays. Our mission is to bring, bring them in or the people that are outside. Those who are lost. Okay. Our mission is bring them in, build them up, Teach him, send them out. Do you agree with that? This is for the lost. Or bring them in. In your cell meet. Build them up. Teach them and send them out. In the small groups, in the small groups, in our cells, we bring them in. And then the cells build them up, teaches them. One and one and send them. Amen? This is how it should work. We need to love people and to meet their needs. We, what did I say? We need to love people and meet their needs. Love attracts people. But we cannot... Shh, please don't talk, okay? We cannot love crowd. We cannot. We can love one, two, three.
three, because love is so practical. We need meet, we need to love people and meet their needs. And love attracts people. And did you know people are looking for love? People are looking for love. But they are in the wrong place. This is why many people, they are hurt. Because they are looking for love in the wrong place. And they are hurt. How to turn one unbeliever into a believer? A believer into a disciple. And a disciple into a minister. And a minister into a missionary. I was turned into a missionary in a small group, in one cell meeting. I grew up there. I became a leader in one small group. Let's read Galatians 6, 2. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Let's read all together. Bear one another's burdens. And so... Fulfill the law of Christ. Hmm. Bear one another burdens. Then you are fulfilling the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? What is the law, the law of Christ? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Hmm. This is the law. This is the law of Christ. When you are in a small group and you pray for someone, because here you cannot pray for one another. It's impossible. But when you are in a small group with few people and you pray for someone another, that is that someone that is in a tough time. You encourage them. You give you. One encouraging word to someone that are in need, that are suffering. Then you have just done one to another. Did you get? There are people that are in need, are suffering. And then you go and you give a word. How are you doing? I'm not okay. Can I pray for you? And you are practicing the one another. And you have contribute to the family of God. First Thessalonians 5.11. Let's read all together. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just in the fact that you are doing. And my question is, who are you looking out for? Who are you looking out for? Who are you taking care of? Can you name three specific people in our group of friends, in our family? Or can you name three people or two that in your small group that you are looking out for? Huh? That's what it means to be a Christian, my beloved brothers. Because if you just came here as a big group and don't practice what is the true church, sorry, 
We need to be church outside the building. We need to be church there. Here, it's easy to be church. That's what it means to be part of the family of God. That means that you are not just called to be loved and cared for, but you are called to love and care for others. Everyone loves to be loved, isn't it? But we are called not to receive, only to receive love. I know you are receiving love. But would you go and to offer this love to others? One day I was lost. And someone came to me showing love, not accusing me because of my sins. They came to me and loving me. And saying how much Jesus loved me. And this is why I'm here today. And please pay attention what I'm going to say to you today. Did you have a bad life before? Did you suffer a lot before coming to Christ? All the stuff that you are most embarrassed about in the world, God uses it for good in the church. In the church, the very thing that you are most embarrassed about, things that you suffered or you lived, are you, here, are you with me? Or these things of your bad habits, your pains, your sins, your mistakes, your weakness. God says to you, in my family, I use those to encourage other people. Yes. God, do you use your pain to encourage others that are in pain? God, do you use your hurt, your wounds, and your suffering to help others that are suffering? Who could bet, who answer this question? Who could better help somebody who was, who was on the verge of a divorce than someone that was in a broken marriage? Maybe your marriage was broken. And now you can help others that are suffering in this area. Who could better help someone who is struggling with one addiction than somebody who has been in addictions? The addictions that I had, I am helping others today. Who could better help someone who has been abused than somebody that has been abused? Yeah. I know you have some pain in your heart. You were abused. But now God can use your pain to go to others and say, God healed me. And I can guarantee you, God, you change your life. Amen. This is how God works. Can you see how important is your pain, your hurt, your suffering, your addiction in the body of Christ? 
God can use our, the bad things in your life in order to bless others. Who could better help someone who was in pain and suffering than you that has been so hurt? God says, I can use it all. I use your pain, your addiction. I use your suffering to encourage others and to save others. Can you say amen? amen. Let's stand, please. Just stand. And now we are going to pray. And don't move, please. Because now we, it's the most important time after the preaching. Okay? Many people are lost. And God uses you to save them. Are you with me? There are many people lost in your neighborhood. There are many people going to hell. And he works with you. They are going to a dangerous road. And may they may die in a few days. And God, you use everything that went wrong in your life. God, you use your pain, your suffering, everything that went wrong in your life as a testimony to save the lost. But you have to open your mouth and you have to say, you can be saved. Jesus died for you at the cross. We need to open up our mouths. We need to say to them. Because they do not know. About the Savior. And one day we can give account of someone's life that are. Around us. Remember that the eternity of your friends. Your family. Your neighbors. And people around you. Are in our hands. And what are we doing? And I want to finish today this preaching. Talk to these two kinds of people that I said in the beginning. These two kinds of people. If maybe you are not saved. Maybe you are lost. You have no assurance of your salvation. And today is the day of salvation. And today you have to say, Lord Jesus, I give myself to you. If you are listening to me, please do it right now. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. This is the day of salvation. Repent from your sins. Turn from your wicked ways. Because Jesus is waiting for you. Please give your life to him and say, Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. I want to be saved. 
Please pray this prayer and say to him, Lord, I want to be saved. Maybe you are, you are hurt, you suffered a lot, but the Lord Jesus is calling you, come to my kingdom. Come to my family. And I will use you in my kingdom. And I want to talk to you that maybe are in church for many years. You who are a Christian. Maybe you have to repent from your selfishness. Your selfish life. Because we cannot be one evangelist in hell. It's going to be late. We need to be one evangelist right now. Be one evangelist now. Love the lost. Show the God's love to them. Please invest in eternity. You are just working, running after things. Where is your treasure? Your treasure is going to stay here. The only thing you are going to bring to heaven one day is people. And where is your fruits? Where are the people that you are investing on them, that you are saving? Please, repent from your selfish life. Please. And prepare for that day. Invest in people's lives. Please invest in your small group, in yourself. Help yourself, leader. They need, they need help. Offer your house, your home to be a home group. This is a practical thing that we can do. Offer yourself. And please, I want you to pray right now. And say, Lord, forgive my sins. Forgive my selfishness. Forgive me, Father. I want to serve you faithfully. Maybe you are feeling hurt. Maybe you are feeling lost. Maybe you are feeling that you cannot help others. But this is not the truth. The Lord loves you and the Lord you use your pain, your suffering, everything you went through as a testimony. Everything that you are suffering today, the Lord you use to bring glory and order will come to God's kingdom through your testimony. Pray and talk to the Lord right now and say, Lord, forgive me. I want to prepare my life for eternity. I am preparing my life to live here, but I want to prepare my life to be with you, Lord. Pray right now and talk to the Lord. Forgive from all your sins and say to the Lord, Lord, you can count on me. You can count to help in, the, in, in my cell meeting. You can use my life to reach the lost. Father, I do pray for everyone who is listening to me. I pray I declare salvation over the lost. Lord, I declare, Lord, that you are raising here, Lord. 
People that one day they will be ministries of the word. You are raising here missionaries, pastors. You are raising here in this place evangelists, Lord. Lord, they are going to start in their cell meetings, Lord. Cell meetings in their language, preaching the gospel to others, inviting people. And then in the future, they're going to become ministers, pastors, leaders. And one day, people from here, Lord, they're going to be sent out as a missionary to another countries, to Africa, Lord, to, to Australia, to Japan, Lord, to different countries, Lord. And we declare, Lord, your kingdom is coming. And salvation will come. We, and we bless this town. We bless this nation. We declare salvation over our lives. We declare salvation over our family. And we declare no one from our family will go to hell. All our family will be saved, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray for our children. We pray for our relatives. We pray, Lord, for our parents. We pray, Lord, for our friends, and we declare salvation over their lives. And we declare the kingdom of Lord of God is coming over, our, over my family. The kingdom of God is coming over our church. The kingdom of God is coming over our town, our nation. In Jesus' name we pray, and we are going to give you glory. And Lord Jesus, you want to be found faithful in that day, and you want to prepare for eternity in that day when our body may be tired, when our body may be sick, and when we pass away, when we close our eyes and we enter in through into eternity, we are going to be received by you, Lord, as a faith and good servants, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray and I declare Shalom Church will be a faithful church that will fulfill our purpose here on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and we are going to give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. <laughs>